Hey y'all, this is Debbie Wright, and I am actually sitting in a parking lot. Yep, my first podcast, I'm sitting in a parking lot because I decided, seize a day, what better time than now? So what happened was, I took my husband to pick up his truck because he got new tires on it, and he said, well first of all, he said he wanted to go to Buford's and get two hamburgers for $10. I said, Where is Buford's? It's down by Walmart, you know, right there on the corner. I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, I'll just follow you. He said, no, you don't have to follow me. It's just down around the corner, like the same parking lot. So I drive down here, and you know what's on the corner? A checkers. Okay, can you please tell me what the difference is between checkers and Buford's? Uh, a lot. Like, I, well, he said the hamburger is named Big Buford. I don't know. In any case, I don't know how he expected me to find that. So I get out of my car, get into his car, and we go through checkers, and we get our two for $10 Big Bufords. And we pull back over to where my car was parked in the parking lot, and then I noticed that a family had pulled up while we were away, and they got out with their sign, and they're, I don't know, looking for money, food, whatever. I can't tell what the sign says because it's really a poorly written sign. I don't know if anybody can really tell what it says. It's kind of an outline letters instead of regular letters. In any case. So first the lady's out there by herself. And I'm wondering, okay, is there somebody else in the van or what's going on? And So we're eating our burgers and kind of watching this. And I thought it was kind of entertaining. So, uh, I just continue to watch for a while, and finally we finish our, our burgers, and my husband Tom's like, um, I need to go do some stuff. I said, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here for a while because I'm finding this very interesting. So he's been gone probably for, hmm, wow, about 45 minutes, <laughs> and I am still sitting here because I am just totally fascinated. So, originally it was just the lady, like I said, and oh, wow, there's another kid that just came out. Huh. I didn't know there was another one. Well, like I was saying, there was just a lady standing there, and then pretty soon her husband gets out. And then he gets out a child and puts the child in a uh, stroller. Okay? And now, just after, what I say, 45 minutes, another kid just comes walking out of the van. Phew. Live, on tape. Anyway, so these are just totally fascinating to me, and, and I noticed that the lady, um, she's not just doing, well, they're staring at me right now because they think, I don't know, I don't know what they think, but the lady, um, she's not just doing stuff, she's she's waving at people, getting their attention, which I think, you know, that's, that's a pretty good way to do it, actually, you know, don't just stand there, wave at them, be friendly. And then I start to kind of pay attention to who is actually giving them money. And at first, it seemed like the people who were less affluent were giving money. Um, people with banged up cars and stuff. Um, which I thought was, was really pretty interesting. Maybe, maybe, you know, they know what it's like to be down on your luck. And so they thought that they would help out. I'm not sure how that goes 
Um, but then, of course, there are some more affluent people that are pulling over and giving them money. Um, a couple people have given food. A lady gave, um, I guess, the rest of her box of donuts over. And I was waiting to see what they would do with that. Would they just throw it away? Like, did they really need something? Or is this just, like, their job? But they really did eat some donuts and, and gave one of them to their child that's in the stroller. And somebody later pulled up and gave them something else and to eat. And they gave that to their child, too. So I'm finding that pretty interesting. And then I've noticed a lot of people actually come over or, or pull up and park and get out and talk to them. And I'm kind of wondering, what do they talk about? You know, are, are they offering a job? Are they telling them some place where they can go get some help? Some place where they can get some food? Or, you know, I don't know. I would like to be a fly on the wall. And I'd also like to go over and talk to these people and, and see what's up myself. But I haven't done that yet. Of course, I'm sitting just just across the uh, the drive aisle way. And once in a while, they look over at me and wonder what the heck I'm doing. But yeah, I'm just sitting here minding my own business. I'm just, like I said, fascinated. I actually went and listened to a speaker once who went undercover for several months because he wanted to see what it was like to be homeless. And he, uh, oh, is this still going? Oh, it's still going. Okay, good. And, and he went undercover for several months because he wanted to know what it would be like to be homeless. And that was very interesting in itself uh, of how he was treated and whatnot. But one thing I remember was he said, if you come across a homeless person, don't give them money. You don't know what they're doing with the money. They could, you know, be buying drugs or just buying alcohol. Although I will admit, I saw somebody the other day. He wasn't out on the street corner though. He was in a parking lot behind a restaurant and he was wanting some food. So Okay, I admit I actually gave him money. I didn't have any food for him or or a gift card for food. But anyway, that goes back to, okay, that's what the guy told me to do. He said, don't give him money, give him food, or give him a gift card so they can go get food. Which I've done that before too, which it was kind of sad. I was in a McDonald's and there was an obvious homeless person and he was sitting over in a corner table and he just got some hot water from the workers there. And he put ketchup in it. So he was making himself some ketchup soup. So I I didn't want to embarrass him or whatever. I don't know. So I went up to the counter and I bought a gift card. And I said, can you guys just go give that to the gentleman in the corner? You know, you guys give it to him. I don't want to be the one to give it to him. So, so I did that that way. So... That, that was, you know, that was kind of nice. It was an easy way to do it. You know, I don't mind helping people out if, if they really need help. I know a lot of these people, not, maybe not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but some of these people are out here and this is just their job. They actually don't want to work. They just want to 
bag and that's how they get their money is just by pretending you know pretending to be a veteran maybe pretending to be working for a religious organization and taking donations or I don't know. I don't know everybody's situations. When I do give something, I guess I really quickly assess the situation and and see what it feels like, see how I feel about it, see what they look like. Do they look like they're scamming me? Do they look like they really need something? So that's basically how I've based that before. So that's that's kind of also the reason I've been fascinated by these people, um, I guess I'm trying to figure them out, figure out what their, what their game really is. And then it's like, Ooh, I could follow them home and see where they actually live. Maybe who knows how long they'll be here. I don't know. They, I don't know. I'd say one in every 20 cars, maybe we'll give them something. Which is pretty good odds, really. Because this is a pretty busy little corner here. So, you know, they've... I don't know, 45 minutes? I bet they've made 100 bucks. That's not bad. 100 bucks an hour? Uh, well, shoot. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> um, wow, I just saw that, huh? So, the back of their van was open. One of the doors was open. It's like got the barn doors on the back of their van. And so, um, I think they had it open maybe because one of the kids was sleeping in there, but they closed it now. And I see that they have a, a, a tag on the back of their van. That's like a, a temporary tag. So they apparently just bought it. Oh, oh wait, but oh, wait, that's July. Uh, it expires July 20th. So they bought it a while ago. So, okay. So how did they come up with the money to buy this van? Are they living in this van? Oh, so many questions. I just want to know. So I'll just, I'll just sit here and you guys can sit here with me and we'll just watch them for a little bit longer, maybe? I don't know. But they've still got their the rest of their donuts on the ground and still wave into everybody that drives by. Sometimes people won't give them anything, but they'll say something to them, and I can't hear everything everybody says to them. I heard one lady tell the woman to be careful. I don't know if, you know, she was warning her that somebody might come by and snatch her or one of the kids I don't know but the husband's there too so it's not like she's just standing out here all by herself so yeah I'm just totally fascinated okay had to take a quick break to stop talking for a minute there <laughs> I'm totally totally expecting my phone to ring and my husband's going to say, where are you? Are you still sitting in the parking lot? And I will have to sheepishly admit that, yes, I am still sitting in the parking lot. But I got to thinking, when I was young, we were very poor. 
I grew up on a ranch in Montana, so I had, I didn't have a lot, but I had a thousand acres that I could run around on, a thousand acres for my backyard and for my playground. And so that was, but I didn't know I was poor. I didn't know. I, I saw recently pictures of our house when I was little, too, too little to remember. And I knew that our house had been an old army barracks with tar paper on the outside that they had moved in from outside of um, the town where we, where we lived, moved it out to the ranch and, and eventually fixed it up. So I knew that it was just when they got it, it was obviously an army barracks. So it was just an totally open space with tar paper on the walls, no insulation. So this picture that I saw of it, they actually had cardboard shoved in between the studs. And that was the insulation in our house. I'm not sure when they actually started making things into rooms. Um, but when I was growing up, it was the living room kitchen was kind of one. And then my parents had a bedroom. We had no running water. If we wanted to shower or bathe, we went down the road. Oh, I don't know, 300 yards or so of football field length to my grandparents' house. And that's where we showered and bathed. And we had an old cream can in the refrigerator with a ladle in it. And that's how we got our drinks. And since we had no bathroom, you've... Oh, okay. There's the phone. Hold on. I will be right back. <laughs> How funny. I told you. I told you. That was Tom calling to see if I'm still sitting here. And the funny thing is, is he told me to be careful. Which, it's still daylight, so it's no big deal. Okay, back to my story. So, we had no bathroom. We didn't have an outhouse either. So, you know, you've heard the story about having a pot to piss in. Yeah. That's what we had up pot to piss in and a lid on it to get the smell but when it got full I was too young thankfully um my parents somebody took it out and dumped it yeah and I remember before the bathroom was put in they'd actually gotten the walls in there then so for a while we actually had a mattress in what was going to be the bathroom and that's where my brother and I slept was in the soon-to-be bathroom on the floor. I remember having a terrible, it was a nightmare in that room. It was about the cat in the hat. Imagine that. The cat in the hat, and I just, why is the cat in the hat scary? I don't know what it was. Anyway, eventually we got our running water and our bathroom, but I still didn't have any place to sleep. We slept on the floor or on the couch, or eventually for the winter time, there was a couch in the living room and they had an extra couch in the kitchen area. So we each had a couch to sleep on. In the summer months, we had some uh, bunk bed cots that were out on our porch. So that was kind of cool too, to, to sleep out on the porch on bunk board cots. But finally, when I was in fifth grade, they added an added an addition onto our house. Two more bedrooms and a laundry room. So I 
finally had my own bedroom when I was in fifth grade. Yeah, I don't know if, hmm, now that makes me think, did my dad get a raise? Did my mom get another job? Because my mom was, a lot of the time she was a stay-at-home mom, but sometimes she worked too, just kind of part-time. So where did they get the money from? And so, you know, growing up on a ranch, uh, when I was in, yeah, this also happened when I was in fifth grade, I got my own horse. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, so I had my own horse. I was in 4-H. I had pigs, sheep, goats, my horse, you know, all that, all that fun stuff we did. And I loved it. Like I said, I, I didn't know we were poor. It's just, it just was, you know, we lived 10 miles from town and, and it seemed like town was so far away. So I didn't really have friends either. So what I had to rely on was my brother and my cousins who just lived up the road also. Oh, we've got something going on here. Somebody. Oh, they just pulled up to and parked to hand her money. Gosh, that one looked like a, a little wad, but maybe it was once. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still paying attention to my fascinating family here, just in case you were wondering. So back to my growing up. Yeah, and, and 4-H, that was, that was really pretty awesome. That was my uh, time to get to spend with other people, I guess, and especially at the 4-H fair. Because as you got, when you got older, you could stay at the fair so you could take care of your animals and stuff. And at first I slept in the back of an old van we had. And then eventually my parents borrowed a, a camper some, from some friends of ours so I could stay in that instead of having to be in the back of this old van. But it was just fun because you were there and you got to hang out with everybody. Sorry, I think my phone has stopped. Please don't stop. I'm still talking to these people. Oh, we're still going. We're still going. All right. Oh, and somebody else. See, somebody else got out and gave him some stuff now, too. Maybe, oh, it's about 6.30. Maybe it's a good time now. We've got people getting off work into Walmart. But, yeah, this lady's just talking to him, seeing what's up, which... Oh, man. I would just love to know what they talk about. Of course, every once in a while, they're still over looking at me, and here I am sitting here talking into my phone, and they're probably... Oh, I think they gave them a, gave them a gift certificate to Checkers. That's a great idea. That is awesome. See, I told you. Don't give money. Give gift cards. She's reading it trying to see if she looks happy or not. I can't tell. <laughs> and then she looks at me like, lady, why are you watching us? <gasps> because you're fascinating. All right. So, okay. I was telling you about my growing up. It was just my brother and I for as kids. Well, my cousins, like I said, lived up the road, so we had them. But in my immediate family, it was my brother and I until I was 15. And then there was kind of an oops 
and my sister was born and I was a freshman in high school. Oh my gosh, I I would not carry my poor sister because I was so afraid that people would think she was mine. <laughs> Is that horrible? Well, I... I guess it's not horrible because of the way I was raised. My parents were like, um, impressions were everything. How we were perceived was everything. You know, you had to, you had to look like we were the perfect family or, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't tell any of your secrets. I mean, not that we really had secrets, but we, needed to be perfect children. And that's why I think I grew up being so shy. If someone would talk to me, and I'm blonde, if someone would talk to me, my face would immediately just turn beet red. I was so shy, it was ridiculous. Or we would go visit somebody and they would ask me, do you want a piece of candy? And I would say, I don't care. Because I was too afraid to say, yes, I would love a piece of candy. I just said, I don't care. And I remember one time the lady said, well, I don't care either. Which, you know, was kind of a way of telling me, honey, you need to stand up for yourself. But standing up for myself did not happen until I was in my, I'm giving my age away a little bit here, until I was in my 40s. Yeah, that's what I said. 40s. Okay, we need to take a quick break here. Ooh, sorry about that. I was getting perched. I needed a drink. Okay, so yeah, like I said, in my 40s. And I guess that came about because I just realized this was not how I wanted to spend the rest of my life. I needed, I needed to be able to be who I, well, not who I was because I didn't know who I was. I needed to learn who I was and be able to be who I was meant to be. That's what it was. I think all that though is a story for another podcast because Oh man, there are so many stories that can come from that. Yeah, so many stories. Okay, so this is this one was kind of interesting. That a guy pulls up and just holds his hand out with some money. But he wouldn't even look at the lady. She walks up to his window and he just he just kinda looked at the ground. I mean, wouldn't you think you would look at her and smile and say, here you go, or God bless, or I don't know, something? I don't know. That was a weird one. You just wonder about people sometimes. And so, as long as I have been sitting here watching these poor people, they've been standing out there too, but... I think they're making pretty good money. I am I am curious about where they live though. And this van who they apparently bought not long ago. Fortunately it's kind of a nice night because I'm sitting here 
in the car just with the windows down. I don't have the AC going or anything, so it's not too hot for these people out here either. You know, I think I think the sign from what I've kind of read says something like maybe no jobs and two kids or something like that. So I'm wondering if some of these people are offering them jobs and if so would they take them I don't know and now I'm sitting here second-guessing myself thinking should I go ask them if they need me to buy them some food some milk for the kids or something I don't know we'll see what happens when I'm ready to leave there's the suspense. <laughs> so here's another interesting observation. I, I just, so I'm observing, but apparently I'm still not being aware of everything because the dad now is sitting on one of those folding camp chairs. So like, is this a regular thing? They know how to do this. They know that they need to bring their chairs to sit on also at the same time. I don't know. But I noticed the mom is always the one. Dad just sits there. The mom is the one who holds the sign, who walks up to the cars, and, ooh, the police are here. Ooh, it's going to get good now. Interesting. Anyway, the mom was doing all the work, holding the signs and walking up to the cars. Ooh, we have two police officers here. I hope they don't think I called them. That would be bad. That would be horrible. Because I certainly did not. But, uh, yeah, we have two police officers here now. Apparently, panhandling is not legal. I guess we'll see if they leave, but, yeah. The police are talking to them. Okay. Huh. I didn't think I would see the end of this. I think I thought I would leave before anything actually happened here. So this is very interesting. So yeah, they're packing up all their stuff and getting ready to go. So apparently they, I wonder if they'll go find another corner or if they'll get up and move towns or go someplace else. I don't know. But the police are standing there waiting to make sure that they're actually going to leave. Um, they are picking up all their trash, though. Everything's going smoothly. But yeah, oh my gosh, I really hope they don't think that I called on them. That would be terrible, because I didn't, I swear, I didn't. Sorry, I'm just watching. <laughs> Apparently, I, I can't talk this, watch this fascinating thing and talk at the same time, but I don't know where they're going because they're not going towards their van. I wonder if they're pretending like this isn't their van. How interesting, because now the cops are looking at their van. Huh, they're walking away from their van. What in the world is going on? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to break for a moment. Okay, I got out and talked to the officers. There's three of them. Um, because I thought, because the people 
like, walked off and left their van. And so I thought, are they telling them that that's not their van? Because they've been getting in and out of it. And so I, I told the officers, I said, I've just been sitting here watching because I'm just fascinated. They were good with that. I told them, but I'm not the one that called, I promise. So, and I know these people now that they saw me talking to the police officers, they're probably thinking that I am the one that called. But that is not what happened at all. So, that's the end of the story, and I, I suppose that I should probably go home now because these police officers are probably going to be wondering what the heck I'm doing to. So, I will continue or not. Okay, let's finish up this podcast. Now, I know this sound quality isn't the greatest, but, you know, I started in a parking lot in Walmart, so uh, next time we will make it better. We'll get better set up. I was just thinking about um, the people in Walmart again, and I found it interesting how they they picked up two bottles of their trash, and they started walking away from their van with the police were still standing there. And so I thought that maybe they were pretending like that van wasn't really theirs. So I actually got out and I talked to the police officers and they said, no, they were just going to throw something away. But okay. They had just two empty bottles. They picked up their chair. They picked up their kids. They picked up their stroller and their sign. And they walked across the street to throw away two bottles. Now, why didn't they, why didn't one person go throw it away while the other person put away the stuff in the van and got the kids all strapped in? Were they hoping maybe that the police would just leave and they could just set up again? I don't know. In any case, that saga is over. Now, you might be wondering why my podcast is named Never Too Late. Because my motto is, it's never too late to follow your dreams. Because that's what I have done. Um, I haven't talked about it yet in the podcast, but I have taken up acting. I am an actress. Um, I've written, actually written a short film and produced it. And had a lot of actors come in. And wow, what a learning experience. That is for another, another podcast though. But that is why it's never too late. It's never too late to follow your dreams. It's never too late to live happy ever after. Sorry, never too late to live happily ever after. It's never too late for anything. It's never too late for these people in the parking lot. You know, they they could pick themselves up and, and make their lives better too. And in future podcasts, we will talk with some other people. We'll have some guests on and we'll find out what they decided, um, what they've done with their lives that it was never too late. It's just, it's never too late. So that is it. And I will talk to y'all next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's never too late.